This is Tonkaban episode 86. This week we'll be going over Mason Okoku volumes 13 and 14. My name is Cole Greco and joining me as usual is my co-host Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Um, I'm honestly just like so done with Mason Okoku, but we're yeah. so far into it. Like you got to finish at this point. Mm-hmm. But yep. oh my God, I I hate, I hate Rumiko Takahashi for <laughs> creating this series. And yeah. making it, like it's not even that bad. It's just like annoying at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my thing. I keep so you know when I read a series, I I generally start my like rating of them even from like chapter one because I'm like, well, I can just change it. And this one, I still don't. I don't really know where to put it. I'm like, is this a three? Is this a two? I I'm still kind of still kind of waffling back and forth as to to how I actually feel about it because we'll say there were some moments in these two volumes but just overall it's kind of like man like why (laughs) yeah it's not like bad in Mm -hmm. a mechanical way or like a technical way but it's unpleasant yeah yep exactly yeah that's uh that's how i would i would describe it yeah but all right this is the uh the penultimate mason okoku episode so uh <laughs> let's uh yeah let's 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 get through it and there's a uh, there's one one volume left which i mean kind of interested to see how it how it handles this this final volume because you know like i said the, these weren't great but it did have some moments that, that i that i enjoyed in this one so yeah let's uh let's get through volumes 13 and 14 here um volume 13 starts off with chapter 130 uh, Godai is left with uh, the kids after uh, Kasumi ran off and abandoned them. Uh, Kyoko takes care of them while he's at work, and meanwhile, Mitaka coordinates a dinner with his parents and Kyoko with her parents. Um, this volume, it's kind of weird, the kind of the setups for them, but I did like the, uh, you know, Godai having to take care of these kids' little, little arc. This one was at least kind of fun. Yeah, some good drawings of clothes in this chapter. Uh, on page one, I like all the detail put into Kyoko's outfit. Like, there's different patterns and, like, stitching and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little more detail than you usually get, even though the outfits usually are, like, the highlight of Mason Okoku. And yeah. then on the next page, you've got her in, like, the house wearing these slides that I appreciated <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I got the slippers on. I'm I'm the same way. Always always got the slippers. I got a pair of indoor slippers. I got a pair of outdoor slippers. Um <laughs> yeah, always slipped up. Can't be can't be going barefoot in the house. It's out of bounds. Also, the the faces in this series, I remember at first I was like, "Oh, these kind of remind me of western comic strip art from around the same time, like mm-hmm. Doonesbury and Kathy." And I think as this art has become more like consistent and the characters start to look the same you start to see expressions getting reused i think it really starts to look more like that around this time in the series especially Mm -hmm. when you see like a side profile of the characters it's definitely manga art but you feel a little i at least feel like there's a little bit of influence from that type of artwork as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i mean some of these some of the early manga is definitely like that so i wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised also the there's like one page that has some of the like dancers from the club talking to godai about uh kasumi running off 
and their art style is completely different from everybody else. Like, they look way more realistic than any of the other characters do. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, she does the the kind of um what you call like the the Matsui thing where the the background characters <laughs> and the main characters just have completely different art styles for for some reason. Yep. Um, chapter 131, Godai goes to see uh, Kasumi and tells her to take the kids back, but she runs away saying that she'll only be gone for a week to find the kids, uh, to, like, to find them a new dad, basically. Um, Kasumi is an absolutely wild character. <laughs> Just, like, dropping her kids off and, and leaving <laughs> to go find some dude. Um, that's pretty crazy, but I, I do, like, at least like her as a character. She's, she's fun for the story. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I, it's not... Some people are like, oh, I don't like this character because they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. But for me, as long as they're, like, interesting on the page, that's all I care about. Yep. I actually did laugh at this last page where Godai is, like, or, um, (laughs) Kasumi's, like, I swear on that star I'll be back in one week. And then Godai and her kid are, like, looking into the sky and then you see Uh the star, like, falling. Yep. I also love like she's saying that and she's like in her her bunny outfit <laughs> like just hanging out with her kid is hilarious too. Um yeah, that that's great. I also love these uh there's these panels of Mitaka like chilling in his apartment where he's shaded so much more realistically than anyone else normally in this in this manga that I, I don't understand why, but it's pretty good. I love how he's holding McEnroe up and there's just all these random like camera mm-hmm. flashes everywhere. Yep. <laughs> um chapter 132 uh today's the day that Kasumi is supposed to get her kids but before that Mitaka comes to pick Kyoko up for their lunch which uh Kyoko is kind of unaware of the full circumstances of. Um Taro, one of the one of uh, Kasumi's kids tags along and Kyoko calls Godai to pick him up and he says he'll come over there to to get Taro. This this sort of setup and this little part of the arc I thought was pretty unbearable if we're being honest. I was I'm at this point like pretty done with the Mitaka uh, part of this this plot. Yeah, there are so many subplots in the series where the whole setup is like someone gets invited to do something but under a different pretense than they expected. Yeah. And so now mm-hmm. the situation's awkward. It feels like if you like it feels like reading a Jane Austen novel but without <laughs> anything that like makes it interesting mm-hmm. and just like the absolute skeleton of what makes like a comedy of manners work mm-hmm. I did love there's this little sequence though where they they roll up to the, the like the restaurant and so you get this shot of the, like the the outside of the like restaurant in the hotel and then you see like uh Kyoko's feet then Mitaka's foot, and then just, like, this other one, just, like, these rolled jeans, this tiny shoe is very, very (laughs) hilarious. Yeah, once again, the art here, very good. I love Mm -hmm. the shop. I I can't remember if it's, like, a hotel or a shopping mall that they're at, but the lobby looks uh, incredibly drawn, super gaudy. Mm -hmm. Love that. (laughs) Yeah, and I love just, uh, like, the the difference in like kind of the the outfits here like uh mitaka's mom or kyoko's mom is wearing this like you know ornate looking kimono like uh the two guys were in suits kyoko's in like this this dress taro's in overalls it's a uh, pretty good too um 
In chapter uh, 133, Godai heads to the restaurant to get Taro and to see Kyoko, but Mitaka is able to kind of keep them apart. He then books a room at the hotel for he and Kyoko, which uh, Kyoko doesn't really seem into. This uh, this little plot for Mitaka is just absolutely, absolutely wild. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about how terrible of a person Godai is. Mitaka might actually uh, somehow eclipse him. Yeah, dude, he's like, this is like entrapment. He's yeah, <laughs> like... Bro, what? I was honestly shocked by this. He's like, mm-hmm. you cannot leave until until you decide to get married to me. Yeah, this was like I mean, uh, this is like that episode of It's Always Sunny where Dennis is like, well, of course they'll say yes because of the the implications or whatever. It's like <laughs> it's just that. But I think Mitaka is like, you know, straight up like he's aware. <laughs> yeah, two um. To this manga's credit, I feel like they're actually portraying this as bad, unlike yes, any of the other creepy. But it's mm-hmm. because Godai's not doing it. Yeah, true. Yeah, if Godai were doing it, it would be like charming. Yeah, because here, like this final page where the there's just like this super heavy shading on the background. <laughs> um, there's like shadows covering Coach Mataka's eyes, and then we've got Godai with the baby and Taro. <laughs> Looking really like devastated, standing out mm-hmm. in front of the Yakoku house. Um, yep, real, real emotional stuff here. Also, love Soichiro in that panel too, with the sweat drops coming down his face. <laughs> <laughs> Soichiro, underrated character throughout this manga. Oh, for real, I love. She has design. some great panels. Mm-hmm. Um, in chapter one thirty four, Godai and Kyoko's dad head out to find her, but can't track them down. Meanwhile, Kyoko finally breaks things off with Mitaka and catches a cab back to the Ikoku. Uh, I love the the back and forth between Godai and um, Kyoko's dad. They're pretty fun. It feels like a you know real odd couple type type deal we've got going on here. Would love to see more of that. Um, and yeah, finally. Finally, after 134 chapters, Kyoko is like, you know, tells Mitaka no. Yeah, it's like, okay, Mitaka definitely on some evil shit at this point. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's like, it's been like five years. These people are probably like losing their minds at this point because for five straight years, their entire lives have revolved around (laughs) whether or not Kyoko is going to get married to Godai or Mitaka. Mm -hmm. Like... I don't know. Maybe he's just so stressed that his synapses are exploding. And yeah. <laughs> that's my only explanation because he suddenly, a, a switch went off and suddenly he's turned into like a stalker, mm-hmm. uh, a kidnapper. I don't know. This this isn't you, Mitaka. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, in chapter 135, Kyoko and Godai meet the next morning at the Okoku, but Godai doesn't trust that she didn't do anything with Mitaka. Eventually she tells him, but she's annoyed at him, and uh, Kasumi finally came back. Um, this, okay, this chapter is outrageously annoying because we get this whole sort of confusion of like, I don't trust you, basically is what we've gotten these entire two volumes. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's insufferable. It's, I know it's like a common thing in, you know, uh, stories that it's just like, it all could have been resolved if they just had a conversation, but like that doesn't ring true more than in uh, Mason to Koku. It's, oh my gosh. It, every time it's like, well, if, if one of you would just kind of like shut up and listen, we, we could <laughs> exactly. end this manga. Like we, we could be done. 
Yeah, this sort of thing works for like one or two storylines, but when it mm-hmm. becomes like the entire premise of the series, it yep. gets tired. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah, yeah. A, a funny page of Godai like imagining Kyoko like naked looking <laughs> for Coach Mataka. <laughs> yes. I love how she like phases through him at one point here too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like- that's the thing. This is, it's more than just, like, them visualizing him, like, dr- daydreaming about stuff, because every time he has one of these sort of, like, fantasy sequences, he actually, like, runs into a wall, or somebody sees him mm-hmm. screaming to himself. Yep. Yeah, he needs to, he, he needs to chill. He's not getting very good nights of sleep, I don't think. He's always doing doing something crazy. Yeah, or, like, He's walking into psychosis. telephone poles, and, Yeah. <laughs> The series needs to end up with all of the characters institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also love this last page where uh, Kasumi like comes down the stairs and she's like, you know, like, oh, like, what are you guys doing? She's like already, already there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kasumi, maybe not the uh, morally the best character, but is actually the the best character to to hang out with in this manga. Yes, for sure. Uh, chapter 136, Godai has his exams coming up soon and is trying to prepare, and Mitaka's uncle has set up an engagement ceremony for he and Asuna against uh, Mitaka's wishes. Godai runs into Asuna and then goes to confront Mitaka. Uh, Mitaka says um, that he and Godai need to, to kind of take it to the park on some, uh, some real NBA 2K shit. <laughs> um, the, I, I did love the end of this where he's like, "All right, Godai, let's uh, we need to scrap now." Also, fit check. Godai returns with a North Face T-shirt and mm-hmm. fanny pack. Like, yep, he's got rolled up sleeves. <laughs> now you mention it, though, I I do need like an NBA. Sh- like, there's so many basketball manga, but. Yeah, I'm looking back on my childhood love of the NBA Street video game series. <laughs> like we need a we need a pickup basketball manga series. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Or at least give me a manga version of the NBA 2K storyline with uh, frequency vibrations. <laughs> <laughs> written written by Spike Lee, art by the I... dude who did Red Hood. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget Spike Lee actually did do a script for nba 2k Mm -hmm. yeah i don't remember if it was that one specifically but i remember playing through that one and even like as a 14 year old that should have been into i was like what like my guy's name is frequency vibrations like that's his nickname (laughs) wasn't there i remember there's one storyline it may have been the same thing where there's a character named like boss kiat yep same one Mm-hmm. That's okay. like I, that. That has to be Spike Lee. Only he would do something like that <laughs> on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Basquiat, I think, was like your your rapper friend or something like that. <laughs> it was just so bad. Like, I, he has to have been trolling. Oh, definitely. He's like, oh, they're gonna pay me to do this. I'll just make it as shitty as possible. What are they gonna say? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't know if it was that one or the other one that was like executive produced by Jay Z. Those games, those games for being like the only basketball game, delved way too into to cornball territory. Like you could have just oh, made yeah. a basketball game. Like you didn't have to do this. It's the only one people can buy. 
NBA Street unironically had better storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this YouTube video because there was NBA Street and there was like, I think it was called like NBA Ballers or something that was supposed to be like just another version of that game. Mm-hmm. And the storyline is like, I was the greatest street ball player of all time and I was about to get this like $500,000 contract to play oh street basketball, which is like, what? Because apparently, like, the NBA is going to be, like, paying people to promote basketball. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I don't get it. But then it's like, oh, and then my friend shows up and beats me in the 1v1, and he gets the contract, and he steals my girlfriend, and now I'm living out of my car. Like, that's what we needed in NBA 2K. We need, like, Mm -hmm. we need the player to get, like, cut during summer ball and he has to work his way up from the G League, and he's, like, homeless. Well, there That's is that, what I want to see. There is that one where you have to play, like, your first game, you're playing for, like, a Chinese team or something. Yeah. <laughs> playing <laughs> not, for the Shanghai get, Dragons. Not to get too off track, but I do remember, like, watching my brother play a recent Madden career mode. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with your character being, like, I have, like, I have, like, a heart defect, and I have to choose whether I, like, I play I play in the high school, like, regional tournament, or mm-hmm. I, I hang up my spikes forever. Golly. That just, yeah, abominable. Once again, the only football game. You don't have to do that. Just, just make a, just make a game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, ba- back in the day, they didn't have a storyline. All you would do, like... You crafted the yourself. Old man, you, yeah, you would like you could choose your parents. You could like mm-hmm. become an actor or something. You you didn't have yep. to watch a cutscene. You could just mm-hmm. imagine it. Yeah, on, on some D and D shit, you were creating your own storyline in in your own head, playing playing through the exactly. game. <laughs> um, chapter one thirty seven. Goda and Mitaka never actually fight, and when Mitaka learns that Goda has an exam tomorrow, he sends him home. On his way back, Godai runs into Kyoko and she slaps him. Mitaka, who is drunk, finds Asuna waiting outside his apartment. This is another uh, wild chapter that sets up a, a pretty crazy uh, little storyline here, but once again, it's just further, you know, uh, everything from like here on out is, like I said, just like if characters would just sit down and like have a two minute conversation, the manga could, yeah. we could just end it. We could, we could be done cool of mitaka for being like i'm not gonna beat this shit out of you because you have an exam tomorrow yep mm -hmm. yeah he's like i don't want you to blame me when you fail which uh you know (laughs) big lots of respect for that also love this cop character that keeps chasing them down he's like these two are gonna fight so i gotta i gotta follow them to make sure they don't Uh, chapter 138, Mitaka makes a move on Asuna and she stays the night. Gona gets yelled at by Kyoko and takes his exam in a state of despair. Um, love the uh, down and dour Godai uh, taking taking these exams. Yeah, I, I also love in the final page, he's got this mask on. Is mm-hmm. that like from Common Rider or is this something else? Because it kind yeah, of looks uh, like it. Yeah, it looks similar. If if it's not Common Rider, it's one of those other, uh, you know, like Super Sentai or you know one of those other things. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's pretty good. Also, he just says like this man just says I don't care anymore. <laughs> He's so melodramatic at the uh, so mel- melodramatic at the cabaret. Also, I'm like the whole storyline is weird to me. You have to get like 
a specific license to be a daycare like a teacher. <laughs> teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought those places would hire anyone. Maybe the standards are a bit higher in Japan. I don't know, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of work for him just to become like a part-time preschool teacher. Well, I think I think he's wanting to be like a, a full-time guy now, and you, you can only be full-time yeah. if you've got the license. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, around here, if it's like, did you have a little brother? You can you can run a daycare. Yeah, I, th- this should have been a full license arc where there's like a tournament. He he discovers that he has latent <laughs> psychic abilities. That would be pretty. That's sick. what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he turns into to common rider or something. <laughs> exactly. He's like, no, I don't want to marry Kyoko anymore. I want to fight crime. <laughs> it's actually a it's actually a prequel for like Inuyasha or something. <laughs> um, chapter one thirty nine. Godai tells. Ik- uh, the Akoku that he's going to live at the cabaret club until the final part of his exam is over, uh, which is in like a couple months. Mitaka goes off to see Asuna to find out what happened that night. When he sees her, he only gets vague responses out of her. Um, I love the idea of Goda being like, I need to focus like solely on my exam, so I'm going to live at the strip club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that the, the... Which honestly... Like the idea that I the cabaret it, yeah. is going to be more chill than than the Okoku, like you know, I, th- I think that says a lot about uh, about where this manga has been. It's weird though because like there's this room in the back that's just like a daycare. I guess like it actually mm-hmm. does seem kind of chill. We never really even see the inside of the club. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the like what what this bunny cabaret club is like. Like we need. Yeah, we should have at least gotten like a you know one page that shows the inside of it because mm-hmm. I feel like I can't. They're like, wow, this place is like so sleazy or whatever. Like we should yeah. at least kind of understand like to what extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there were a few pages when uh, Goda first got there and like the other Koku members were coming and hanging out, but they're just like sitting at a table drinking and like you know one girl in a bunny outfit would come up. So I guess. I guess maybe that's all that happens. That's what happens in the Yakuza games. But like, I want to see, you know, let's get, give me some some more establishing shots. I need to see what's actually going on here. Exactly. Um, in chapter one forty, we find out that Asuma and or Asuna and Mitaka kissed, but that's all that happened. Asuna's dog is pregnant, however, and Asuna goes to tell Mitaka at the tennis class, but words it so poorly that Mitaka is un- of the understanding that he got Asuna pregnant. Uh, once again, just whole whole arcs centered around like one misunderstanding which once again is not abnormal for manga but it it's just exhausting 140 chapters in that this is the this is the only catalyst for like conflict that rumiko takahashi can come up with like i for 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 someone that is uh you know so kind of like highly touted as one of the one of the goats uh might just be a bad writer yeah i will say it's an objectively hilarious way to cause conflict in the series but not like in an intentional way yeah yeah i mean it it would be funny if this was the first or second time we'd done this but this is the only it's kind of the only like macro joke that takahashi takahashi has up her sleeve yeah truly just yeah truly awful awful sleeves (laughs) (laughs) um all right do we want to hop into to volume 14 Yep. Uh, so in chapter 141, Godai tries to sneak back into the Akoku house to grab a change of clothes, and then he runs into some fellow tenants. 
who tell him the shocking news about Mitaka and Asuna. Later, Mitaka formally gets engaged to Asuna and finds out that it was actually their dogs that are expecting, not them. At the end of the chapter, Godai then sees Mitaka waiting for him outside of the cabaret. I love how after all this, Mitaka's like, well, I'm already engaged, so I guess I'm just gonna just gonna ride it out. <laughs> he, he's been putting this off for like four or five years. I guess this, this is the final straw. Mm-hmm. I do like um, Mac and Rose facial expressions. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's so he's so proud. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess maybe like Mitakish has been at this for so long. This is this is the moment where he's like. Was any of this worth it? I might as well just give up on life at this point. Mm-hmm. There is an incredible page, page 17 of this chapter, where the first panel is just this long vertical panel. Of it just says dog. Yeah. talk has got like this horrified look on his face. And then the, the panel in the bottom left corner is just like coming home, like so sad, so sullen. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. I also like that Mitaka is like falling on the ground and the d- dog is like petting the back of his head. Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, th- this is a, a good, uh, as kind of annoying as the setup for this arc is, this one is at least a little fun how we, how we finally kind of write Mitaka out of the story. Yeah, and then the next chapter is even more sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, Mitaka tells Godai to take care of Kyoko for him. And then later, while he's hanging with Asuna's family, Asuna kind of tells him, I know you're like faking being happy and you don't actually <laughs> feel good about this situation. But then they're like, whatever, though, we'll just make the best of this horrible <laughs> situation <laughs> that we've created for ourselves. And they try to make it into this like kind of sentimental moment. It's just so depressing. Well, I don't feel it at all. <laughs> no. He's just like, he, he says, we'll be together forever. And then in like bubble letter font, it says, goodbye, Kyoko. Yep. Uh, you know, I will say like, you know, I just said that uh, Takahashi, bad writer, which I still stand by. But I do love kind of the audacity to like string string this plot along for 140 chapters. And then at the end, it's just sort of like the most ridiculous way to wrap it up possible like <laughs> it is that is very <laughs> hilarious like after like the the payoff like if you were reading this in real time you're spending three years with this manga and at the end it's just like well mitaka's gone now <laughs> it's just ridiculous yeah that's that's how this manga works they make you wait for everything and then Mm -hmm. as soon as the plot moves along it just moves like in an instant yep (laughs) just in crazy like stop and start spurts Mm -hmm. in a 143 speaking of you know things we haven't seen in a while uh we check in with kozue for the first time in many chapters and apparently one of her co-workers is trying to marry her Later, she and Kyoko both go to meet Godai, and Kozue gets there first. She's feeling the pressure to do something because of the looming proposal, but can't bring herself to tell him what's up. She does, however, kiss him out of nowhere, which Kyoko happens to see from a distance. And in this series, it seems like people are really just trying to, like, marry whoever. Yeah, for real. On the spot. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, as soon as Kozue showed back up, I was just like groaning it's like we have to do we have to do this again and 
uh Kozoi was one of the, I think the better characters because she brought a little bit of fun to the series and she does yeah all right here but it's like that's the thing with this manga is everything is just recycled rehashed it's all the same arc over and over again and this is the same mm-hmm. exact thing it's so like we finally wrapped up Mitaka's thing and I guess now it's time to wrap up or wrap up the uh, the Kozoi thing but just like I'm tired of it <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm done I don't I don't want to see Kozoi ever again. Like, let's just... Kyoko and Goda can ride off into the sunset, finally. Please. Yeah, all of these characters' storylines that we actually, like... All the storylines that get developed are so close to each other mm-hmm. that it's hard to, like, wrap each of them up individually. I think that's the problem with not expanding on these side characters' stories more. Because yeah. in the end, all we have is just this same, like group of intersecting love triangles mm-hmm. it, it needs more it needs well, some world building yeah and we'll get to it near the end of this volume but Kozoi's arc it's like we get it there's the conflict it wraps up and then like it just restarts again immediately at the end of the volume I, right i just i don't understand like i don't understand why i don't understand who who edited this and was like yep sounds good let's rock <laughs> like they exactly <laughs> i don't know man <laughs> just it's it's kind of unbearable at this point yeah and in, in uh 144 godai finishes his teacher's exam and as usual Go- uh, kyoko is so pissed at godai that she refuses to speak with him godai then tries to meet up with kozue and clear things up but when he's there she tells him about her co-worker's proposal and that she wants godai to get serious about her he tries to tell her that he's going to propose to kyoko but before he can finish his sentence she assumes she's talking about her and for some reason is just like super happy and runs away without finishing the conversation something that we see a lot of in this series yeah i was gonna say i guess this is the running gag for kozue because she's done this three times now but once again like we're you know we're trying to we're trying to finish the manga up here we can't we can't keep doing this yeah otherwise pretty boring chapter i don't really even have any comments on it other if, unless you do no i was gonna say i'm i'm kind of flipping through to see if there are any like cool panels and stuff but there's really uh there's really not yeah. in uh 145 kyoko confronts godai about the kiss and when he tries to tell her that kozue surprised him with it she doesn't believe him Instead, he tries to show her how the kiss went down by demonstrating, which seems to work for some reason. Later that day, though, Kozue shows up at the Akoku house to announce the proposal, and Kyoko locks herself in the room in anger. This one I was really confused about, too, because she's like, I don't believe that she tricked you. And then he just does it to her, and she's like, oh, okay, I guess that Mm -hmm. did happen. Yeah, And then suddenly... Every mm-hmm. time they like have it, every time those two characters kiss, for some reason they're just like, "Oh yeah, whatever." I'm not angry anymore. Yep, I do have to say I I kind of am on uh, Kyoko's side at the start, where she doesn't believe him because I mean it is very within the realm of possibility that Godai just randomly kissed Kozue. I mean that's what that's what this dude's this is what he's trying to do the entire manga. So. Yeah, you know, I, I understand her skepticism. There is a great panel here when she slaps him in the face. The actual like action of it looks just horrible. It looks so stiff, but I do yeah. love the big slap sound effect at the at the top and all the other characters like looking straight at it is uh really good. <laughs> yeah, everybody's so close together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a uh, one forty six. 
Kyoko moves out of the Akoku house, and the tenants demand that Godai track her down and get her back. Godai shows up at her parents' house, and Kyoko then, like, tells him to get lost. He returns to the apartment, and everyone's asleep, and then he tries to sneak in through Nikaido's window, but ends up falling and pulling the patio down with him. Once again, this is, like, a retread of sort of reverse situation that happened before, where Godai Mm -hmm. gets fed up with Kyoko and moves out. But I did like the end of this where he's like trying to break back into the house. Like this series is so good when it's not trying to have a storyline. Mm hmm. Yeah, it it started off. I feel like we said it, you know, it was like straight up just like an American sitcom. And it would have been so much better if we had just kept kept that up and like maybe threw in like the, the throwaway love plot in there. But it just went like all the way in on these like plot developments that were just no good at all yeah the shot of him like grabbing the patio outside of nikaida's window and falling back mm-hmm. uh that that was that was good Yep, i want more of that exactly in 147 godai keeps showing up at kyoko's family's house and keeps getting turned away mr odanashi then hears about the situation and hires godai as the new building manager when kyoko hears the news she sort of like realizes she's been replaced and kind of feel she's like i got nowhere to go back to Mm -hmm. which like i mean you should feel that way yeah for like (laughs) kyoko makes all these dumb decisions too and gets like nothing bad ever happens to her like at least godai he's like you know whatever having to like repeat a year in school or like stuff like that you know losing his job and things like that kyoko just like gets to skate by by like being an idiot the whole time yeah, she's like, oh, I'm gonna leave my job for a week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do mm-hmm. four or five straight days of no call, no shows for real, and then expect to just be able to walk back and like nothing happened. Yeah, no, get yeah, get out of here. Let's let's uh, Kyoko deserves to be fired for real. Um, in one forty eight, Godai is like struggling as the building manager, but is you know kind of persevering at it. Then the other tenants run into Kyoko and try to push uh, Kyoko into action. Kimmy says that she might try to sleep with Godai while she's gone to, like, get Kyoko to feel something or do something, but it just makes her really angry. Later, while Godai's at his night job, he gets a call from Kimmy who says she's been abandoned and drunk at a love hotel and needs his help. When he gets there, she, like, pulls him into bed on top of her as a joke and then tells him she's only kidding. As they leave, though, they run into Kozue right outside the building. Uh, I was honestly all for this chapter only because (laughs) I'm like, you know, this is kind of shocking, kind of a shocking turn of events. We we needed Mm -hmm. something like this to, as Akimi said, like spark something, get somebody to do something. I feel like Akimi is like the editor or the reader here, Mm -hmm. just hoping something crazy happens because this entire series has just been Kyoko and Godai going back and forth, not understanding each other. Yeah, Akimi's having to having to read the manga too, and she's like, "We've been doing this for 145 chapters. She's like, what? Like, let's let's get something going. Like, let's uh, yeah, let's get like a real conflict, some some real some real issue happening here." Exactly. I love the final panel of uh, Kozue and Akimi running into each other, mm-hmm. and here Akimi really does look like a character from the Kathy comic strip. <laughs> um, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, love, like, in the panel above it, like, her, like, C-shaped mouth. 
Yes. Also, like the uh, the title like uh, page for this one too. The way her hair is like uh, not even shaded, but it just has this like very like geometric uh, <laughs> like thing going on with it is is pretty good. Um, in one forty nine, uh, seeing seems to be over between Godai and Kozue. But then Kozue runs into Kyoko and tells her everything she saw go down outside of the Love Hotel. Uh, saw this happening, or saw this coming from a mile away. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this was, was at least, like, the most fun conflict we've had yeah. in, in recent chapters. But, yeah, once again, it's like... We, you know, if you've read any chapter of this manga, you knew what was happening here. Great panel of uh, Yotsuya, though, on page uh, on page twelve. This the sound effect just says "loom," and he's got this like real dark shading <laughs> all over his eyes. Uh, that was pretty good. I also like uh, Kozue's fits now that she's like a professional woman. Uh, mm-hmm. She's now taken over as the most eighties looking character in the manga. Yep. She's got the like big hair. Uh, all sorts of like huge collars and super eighties sweaters. Mm-hmm. Checkerboard shorts on over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She looks like she's about to go to the B fifty twos concert or something. <laughs> For real. Um. Yeah, that's one thing. Like I said before, like elite style throughout this manga, and I feel mm-hmm. like it's improved over time. Oh yeah, like, Kimmy's outfit looks uh, pretty cool here as well. Mm-hmm. In chapter 150, uh, Kyoko returns to the Yokoku house and asks Akimi if what she heard happened really did happen. Akimi jokingly says that it's all true. Kyoko tells Godai that she hates him and never wants to see him again, and he chases her down the streets. And then he has this uh, climactic rom-com moment where he's like, despite everything, you were the only girl I was ever interested in. And for some reason, once again, it just works. Yeah. Uh, great cover, uh, title page on this one. Pretty sick. Uh, like there, it's just a Godai and Kyoko kind of like walking in the street and you've got like this really kind of like, uh, minimalist, like bare bones, uh, drawing of the city in the background. I think that one's really cool. Um, some, you know, like we said, some good fits on the, the very first page of this. Kyoko's just got like this huge, like, trench coat deal on this giant suitcase <laughs> with her walking uh suitro that looks uh awesome um but yeah that's all i really have to have to say about this one it's once again like it every chapter of this is so so run of the mill i do like akimi reading kyoko for filth and being like <laughs> you're really annoying it's mm-hmm. been five years you won't do anything yep like I'm sick of seeing you two go back and forth like this. Mm-hmm. At least that was a bit satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Akimi, the uh, maybe one of the the, the best characters in the, these volumes for real. Um, and one fifty one, uh, Kyoko and Godai are standing in front of the same love hotel from earlier, and actually, for some reason, go in to use it. And then they try to have sex, and Godai can't stop thinking about Soichiro for some reason, and he can't get it up. And then he goes back to work, and Kozue is there waiting for him. Uh, this <laughs> this was a crazy... I did not see this coming at all. Truly and, unhinged I mean, chapter. 
for good reason. I mean, why why now of all times? And mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think it's hilarious that like all I can think about is Soichiro the whole time. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the- once again, Kozoe ha- having like the fit of the entire series here <laughs> on the subway, though. Mm-hmm. I love how how like long her sweater is. It makes it look like her torso is three <laughs> feet long. She looks like yeah, two two foot long legs here. <laughs> so, so good. And I love Nikaido plays no part in this series except just like except for just this to just like ruin it all for, for to, to give us one <laughs> final volume basically. For real, um, there was this to give uh, some credit to the series here on the second to last page i do like this cityscape where kyoko is like walking around moping mm-hmm. and then the drawings of the buildings are like super smeary and look like they're like painted or something yeah well it looks like something of like a taiyo matsumoto manga like it, it looks like tech on concrete almost yeah it, it's cool there's a whenever takahashi like really tries to get weird and experimental with it it mm-hmm. looks so cool and i wish he did it more yeah yeah i agree also like the uh love the branding for this hotel the love hotel or whatever just called hotel or is this supposed <laughs> to be like hotel hotel omega or something like that is that i don't know what uh, i don't know what greek character that is but that's that's pretty great too also these scenes of like uh kyoko and godai in bed are really ominous looking because they're just like in a black void Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's the <laughs> yeah the drawings of the better are pretty hilarious too yeah they're just like in in the ocean <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if that's intentional because I, I obviously it's supposed to be like stylized to convey some sort of emotion but to mm-hmm. me it comes across as like horrifying yep <laughs> um yeah well that does it for uh does it for the volumes jude you want to hop into our uh hop into our what went wells um yeah so not a lot but the shocking <laughs> moments like mm-hmm. that involve the love hotel were cool because they actually were like legitimately kind of shocking within the series and as akimi said you know it gets it gets people talking it gets the plot moving and something happened yeah so that yeah. was good mm-hmm. yeah my what went well is uh amongst all the the filth that these volumes had there were some uh some good characters in it at least like i think kasumi is like a fun character in there just like out of pure ridiculousness i think the uh the manager of the um of the cabaret club he's pretty great um that guy he's got some some strange words of wisdom for godai that i think are always fun so you know even if our our main cast isn't really doing it um the the supporting cast really uh they're they're dialing it up in these volumes and for me i think another thing that worked was like when there was comedy and they kind of relied on it it worked really well Mm -hmm. like kazumi being in the house the whole time while they were looking for it was pretty funny godai trying to break back into his own apartment i liked that um Mm -hmm. mitaka finding out that it was actually their dogs that were pregnant and not them i kind of laughed at that yeah like she's able to convey humor visually with like facial expressions really well and i wish the manga relied more on that kind of humor Mm because that's what 
uh, Takahashi's really good at. Yeah. Yeah, my last one went well is going to be the the ending of the Mitaka arc. One went well because we're finally finally done with a, <laughs> exactly. a third of the triangle. And also because even if it was like it was ended in such a stupid way that it that it kind of worked. It's like all all this build up for for what just ridiculous payoff. Um, all right, Jude, what uh, what gripes do you have for for this one? If you can narrow it down to two gripes, what, <laughs> what have you got? <laughs> Okay, um, let's see. I think for me, the they try to have some, like, sentimental moments, and they all take place in such a weird context that the emotion doesn't really come across at all. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the thing where Mitaka's arc ends, and they're like, we'll be together forever, and we'll try to make things work. And I can't really tell if it's supposed to be... <laughs> positive negative or bittersweet like Mm -hmm. i just it doesn't really nothing comes across and the same with like godai and kyoko finally getting together it's like is it supposed to be like are we supposed to be excited by this why is this happening right now Mm -hmm. it just comes out of nowhere and not in a good way yeah yeah my uh my first gripe is gonna be just the you know, we said it throughout this whole episode, but like kind of the, the rehashing of the same uh, like setups, same kind of story beats, right? Like it's it's all just every the catalyst of every single conflict here is just a misunderstanding. You know, we get the thing where Kyoko, she's going to leave the the Okoku now. And, you know, it's just I feel like I've read every chapter of this manga like three times already. You know, we uh other series kind of have that issue, like Sket Dance with sort of like recycled jokes and things like that. But for the most part, it was all, I don't know, every, every kind of new chapter, new thing felt like, felt like you were reading a, you know, a new chapter. And here in Mason Koku, it's like, I, like, we've been here before. We've had the, the same episode, three episodes now. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. My, my other one is, Jesus, <laughs> I feel like it's so hard to even like... <laughs> be like this is one thing that i didn't like but mm. honestly i feel like there's so many situations where it's like oh this person's inviting another person to lunch or this person's inviting another person to dinner and it is kind of cool that these like conversations are taking place in like third places so we get some variety yeah but they couldn't they set these conversations up in a different way it's either like oh they ran out ran into each other in front of the mm-hmm. cabaret club or they went out to lunch together yep. and that's like this whole series like mm-hmm. go to the zoo or something <laughs> like go hang out at the mall yep yeah those are the only situations where people can talk is at the okoku running into each other on the street or a scheduled a scheduled meal yeah exactly because mm-hmm. she draws these other locations really well but like yeah they could go out and do something like it was kind of cool when they went on the vacation Mm -hmm. i was gonna say yeah the vacation was cool just give us more of that like have one where they're going to the theme park yeah they're going to the zoo like i don't know they're going going to see a baseball game that was fun too mm -hmm. yeah yeah we haven't seen like a sort of concept chapter that takes place in an in another spot in a long time Mm -hmm. yep yeah yeah we need need more of that yeah she can draw these other locales just just give them to us Mm. Um, my second gripe, um, I had it and I've, I've, I've lost it amongst the, the miasma of all the other, 
all the other gripes. <laughs> um, oh, it was, uh, I guess it sort of plays a little bit with uh, your last one was not enough, like, good panels or, like, standout panels or drawings. Like, there were some that we brought up, but I feel like in, in the past ones, like, bringing them up throughout this episode was it was like so that there's something good to say about these chapters so like let's pick it out whereas the last one's like you know i would gen- like generally be like reading kind of like stopped at like yeah. oh wow like you know that that was really cool that outfit's awesome but here it's just sort of like yeah i guess someone has some cool clothes on i you know, I, <laughs> I guess this little shot looked neat like there was just even kind of the the highlights of this series so far were just kind of a little a little too sparse in in these volumes. Um, all right, Jude, who's your who's your resident of the week? Who who's the, who's the MVP of this these volumes? Um, I think for me, it's gonna be McEnroe. Uh, he appeared <laughs> in few panels, but he made me laugh every time he was on the page. Love mm. his design. Um. And, you know, he, he was the one that kind of broke things up between Mitaka and Kyoko. So props for that. Yep. Yeah. Shout, shout out McEnroe for finally uh, finally ending the, the love triangle. Um, my uh, my character of the week, I'm going to go with uh, Akami. I think Akami uh, mm, finally yeah. like has a has some kind of a decent moment here. Like she's still she's still like remaining in character like everything feels very par for the course for her which is is nice that you know it's not like some character like going totally out of their way to like i don't know change up what's going on or something like that and you know she's she's the only one kind of like getting getting shit done here she's uh you know lights the lights dad of of this manga so you know (laughs) shout out to shout out to her um all right jude who's uh who's sleeping with so each row this episode we put in the in the doghouse. <laughs> so McEnroe was my favorite, and Mitaka was probably my least favorite. Mm. He makes Godai look good by comparison, which is pretty pretty rough. Um, and I feel like we have this whole thing like set up where he's gonna like oh he's like trapping Kyoko into <laughs> marrying him. Like oh he's he's like carrying out this evil plot and then the mm. next chapter it's like oh he just gave up on it yep <laughs> like he can't even carry out a evil plan at the end of the series yeah he's so, so what was he's so weak-willed mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh my character i'm gonna go with kyoko i think she's particularly insufferable in these volumes mm. she doesn't really have a lot of options right like she's choosing between mitaka or godai so like I, you know, I get it. It's it's dire dire for her. Uh, her family kind of sucks pretty bad too. The people at her job suck. But like, man, she's not even she's not even fun to like talk about. She's just yeah, just purely miserable the entire time. And then like, yeah, at the end, just weirdly like, it's like, well, let's go to the love hotel then. And it's just like, what? <laughs> like, why? Like, it, you know, even even the kind of the big moments for her are just so confusing. I, yeah, she has a, had a particularly terrible, terrible episode. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Well, that does it for uh, these volumes of Mason Okoku. We got the final volume uh, coming next time. Uh, Ju, before we head out, do you have any last minute recommendations or anything like that? Uh. So the Nintendo Switch store was giving away like free trials of MLB the show. 
Mm. I've been playing it on like the portable mode recently, going through a franchise. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not very good, (laughs) but it's still MLB The Show. Fair. And it's portable. And so, yeah, I mean, grab that. It's free for a little bit. And that sale may be over. But even then, I think... I think it ends tomorrow, if I remember correctly. uh, but I, I went ahead because it was also on sale for like half off. So I just went ahead and bought it and playing through my little Reds franchise, trying to overlook the absolutely abysmal frame rate <laughs> and somehow having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Is the frame rate so like, is it just super choppy in, in the games or is it just like you can tell it's 30 FPS or whatever? Yeah, it's like you can still time everything. So it's mm-hmm. not like horrible but it's never good mm-hmm. yeah like anytime they show like a replay or a cut scene mm-hmm. like forget about it it's <laughs> terrible but like the game itself is like choppy but consistent just mm-hmm. anytime they try to like show you anything that isn't the actual game it's just awful mm-hmm. gotcha um my recommendation this week uh man i'm gonna go with um the album uh, let me get the the name of it actually because I don't recall exactly what it is. The new record by uh, the band Never Ending Game. Uh, they're a uh, a Detroit hardcore band. Oh, it's called Outcry. Um, it's got maybe one of the most cornball album covers I've ever seen. It's like a, <laughs> this mausoleum with like the the old English Detroit like D script um, on it. Uh, but that record is good. It's just like it's very. Um, it's like kind of the definition of like brain off, like, uh, like meathead to hardcore basically, but, uh, yeah. it, it rocks this, this album is so much, so much fun to listen to. Second song has, uh, the guy from trapped under ice in it, which is pretty cool, but yeah, uh, this was good. And also there's a, an episode of the podcast hard lore, which, uh, is a couple guys, a guy from like twitching tongues and God's hate and a guy from uh, harm's way. They'll interview like other, you know, like, people in the hardcore world they recently interviewed the guy from Neverending game and for you know for a band that is like i said very like brain off uh just kind of like dumb yeah. fun hardcore he actually is like it, it, you know he doesn't come across that way it just seems like he's like yeah this is just kind of the stuff i wanted to make which uh you know I, I kind of respect the craft a little bit more of just like being completely aware of what it is and just sort of like this is just what I what I wanted to do. He used to be the bass player in this band, Freedom, which was like a skinhead, straight edge band, uh, which is actually they're they're pretty good too. So, um, but yeah, check check that out. It's a fun fun record. Probably one of the the better hardcore releases this year. I would I would say up there with that that drain that drain record. Or uh, I haven't listened to the new Incendiary one, but I'm sure if it sounds like any other Incendiary record, it's probably pretty good too. Yeah, that the cover art is corny, but I I kind of love it. Oh it's, yeah, it rocks. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. All their all their <laughs> cover, the cover art for all their albums is like that. They had this EP uh, a couple years ago called Halo Halo and Wings that just looks. I mean, it, if you just googled hardcore record, that's that's the album cover for it. <laughs> it's like this this devil with these these wings. And he's got the once again the 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 Detroit uh, D on its arm. <laughs> I, I i love it um but yeah that'll do it for us uh this week 
Um, you know, next episode we'll have our weekly Shonen Jump and then the final um, uh, final Mason Okoku one. So we're finally finally wrapping up this series and we'll you know probably take a, a little break from the kind of our secondary series that we do and uh, find something find something else good for you. Uh, hopefully find something a little bit better than Mason Okoku. But yeah. <laughs> that does it for us thanks for listening hit us with the the ratings and reviews wherever you can do that and uh we'll we'll see you when we see you